I taught on the love of God, the love of God that many people don't know. Many people have been blinded to how amazing God's love is. His love for you specifically, because the enemy has blinded, strategically blinded people from knowing God's love. It's so important as believers that we are aware that we're in a spiritual war. So, so, so that we can walk in victory. If you're not aware you're in a spiritual war, there's no way you can have victory. But when you are aware you're in a spiritual war, you're aware of how the devil works, how he thinks, how he speaks, his strategy, which is revealed in the word of God. Now you can be on guard. You can have victory all of the time. And so one of the biggest strategies of the enemy is to try to blind people from God's love. Because when you can see God's love, the reality of his heart for you, that is the key to everything. That is the key that unlocks the miracles in your life, the abundant life, the peace, the joy, the contentment. That's the key that unlocks the ability for you to surrender to God, to obey him. That is the key that unlocks your purpose because your purpose can only be accomplished when you are obeying God and you can only obey God when you can see his love. You can only obey God when you have revelation of his love. When you see his love, this moves your heart. He first loved us, the Bible says. He first loved us. He pursues us. His love is what captivates us. His love is what makes us fall in love with him. His love is what captivates us to see only his love. Wow, God's love is unlike anything else in this world. It is so much better than anything in this world. I, I have no taste for anything else when I, when I have seen and tasted God's love. So when you can see accurately God's love, it doesn't become a struggle to turn from the world. It doesn't. It does not become a struggle to turn from the world because God's love is that intoxicating and good. The devil knows this. So this is his strategy to try to keep people blinded from, from God's love. Today, I'm going to go more in depth, more in depth. God is going to set people free from ways the enemy has tried to blind you from God's love. So today I'm going to talk about the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion. Now, most people in the world that are not believers, most of them are turned, are turned away from Christianity because they see it as religion. You probably have had a lot of people ask you, are you religious? And probably most of you don't like that word. I don't like that word because religion really, the, the meaning of religion is following rules and regulations according to a certain belief. It doesn't have much to do with a relationship with God. It's more about rules and regulations because of a certain belief. So they tend to say, 
you know, like Buddhism is a religion, Islam is a religion, Hinduism is a religion, but the gospel of Jesus, but Christ Christianity is not about following rules because of a belief, but it's about falling in love with Jesus and having a relationship with him and following him because of that love, because of that revelation of his love, because of that relationship with him, we follow him, we live for him, we dwell with him because of this love that he has for us and that we have for him. So that is why I don't like, I don't like when people say, oh, you're religious because I already know that they have the wrong interpretation of what Christianity is of what a life with Jesus is, of who Jesus is. And I know exactly what it is. It's the spirit of religion coming from the devil, preaching a different gospel. There are different gospels that are preached and they can even be through Christian people who are blinded, but it's not the gospel of Jesus. It's the gospel of religion, the spirit of religion. 2 Corinthians 11:4, Apostle Paul is saying to believers, you seem to gladly tolerate anyone who comes to you preaching a, a different, a pseudo Jesus, not the Jesus we have preached. You have accepted a spirit and gospel that is false rather than the spirit and gospel you once embraced. So Apostle Paul here is talking about how he preached the gospel of Jesus, the true gospel of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the relationship with Jesus, life with Jesus, life of the spirit, not of religion. So these people accepted that gospel, but then they went to different teachers. They heard different teachers who were blinded by the spirit of religion, a spirit of a different gospel, and they were preaching something different. They were saying Jesus, but they were preaching it, it wasn't the heart of Jesus. It's not really who Jesus is. That's what went on back then. The Bible is so powerful because what happens once happens again. There's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. So when we read about ways the enemy was trying to deceive people back then, the same thing happens today. So what's happened in the world by and large, especially in America or the Western church um, that's pretty, that has been void of the power of God by the most part. What's happened is a spirit of religion, a gospel of religion has been preached, not the true gospel of Jesus. So this representation of Jesus that's gone out isn't accurate. The, the, the spirit of religion is, is void of grace. Jesus came and brought grace to us. So he canceled out the law. He canceled out the old covenant and now we're in a new covenant. In the old covenant, you had to follow a bunch of rules and regulations and you had to be perfect in them or else you had sin, you had spots and blemishes on you that could only be taken away by sacrificing animals. And so it was not freedom and it, 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 was, it was like, oh, I'm just trying to I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, and you can never live up to it. There is no grace. 
it was the law. It was about rules, regulations, traditions. I gotta do this to be right with God. I gotta do this to be right with God. So Jesus came and destroyed all that. When he went on the cross, he took away our sins. When he was resurrected, he took away our sins completely, past, present, and future. That we don't have to do anything anymore to achieve his love, his acceptance, his forgiveness, and salvation. But it's a free gift that we have. So Jesus comes now saying, I see you with all of your brokenness, all of your sins, and I just want to offer you a free gift of life eternally with me. I don't care what you've done. I'm just giving you this free gift because I love you so much. It's yours. You don't have to do anything. Just take it and then follow me because I want you to be free completely. I want you to have abundant life. I want you to know my love. It's gonna give you the most peace and joy in this world. And this is how you're gonna fulfill your purpose, the thing that you long for all the time. Follow me. It's an invitation. It's invitation for your good. That's Jesus. That's the gospel of Jesus. Jesus wants us to know his love and just, just come to him as we are. Come to him as we are. Jesus isn't looking at all of the bad things that you've done, bad thoughts that you've been having. He's just there. I love you as you are. Come be with me. Come be in relationship with me. Come receive my love. As we see his love rightly, as we see him rightly in this, this amazing, full of grace, full of forgiveness lens, accurate lens. Now we are empowered to follow him to do as he pleases. This love is so intoxicating, we just wanna please him. We desire so much to, to follow him, to be with him, to think about him, to talk to him, to obey him so much more than the things of the world that we were doing. It's a true, genuine desire that we have, but that genuine desire only occurs when you're seeing Jesus right, when you know how he really sees you. But the, the spirit of religion, this is the spirit of religion, and for many of you, it may sound familiar. I know myself, I had received the spirit of religion in my life and I was not seeing Jesus rightly for most of my life. So this may sound familiar to you, what I'm gonna share now. The spirit of religion, when you maybe come into church for the first time or maybe the millionth time, you come to church and you kind of just immediately feel inadequate. You get the sense that everyone around you is a better Christian than you. You immediately feel like you're not praying enough. You immediately feel like everyone has it together, but you don't, um, you don't pray enough, you don't fast enough, you don't read the Bible enough. You just feel that. It's like every time you go to church, you, you're reminded of how inadequate you are. Um, and that right there makes you not want to run closer to Jesus, but it makes you want to hide. Uh, a lie of the enemy comes in and, and brings shame, like, you're not as good as everyone around you. You're not doing enough and you'll never, you'll never match up. And so Adam and Eve, they believed the devil's lies of shame in the garden. And all of a sudden they hid from God and they saw that they were naked. And they were like, I have to hide from God now. When God never comes with shame. So even though they messed up, that was not how he was seeing them. He was seeing them like, I love you so much, my children, come to me. Come to me and I'll show you the right way. I am full of forgiveness and mercy and grace, but they received the wrong gospel from the devil, a spirit of religion of, uh-oh, you did wrong. You should feel shame. You have to hide from God now. And when you hide from God, that 
when you feel shame and feel like hiding from God, that is the opposite of opening your eyes to see God's love. When you're doing that, you're opening your ears up more to hear the lies of the devil. So it brings you farther and farther away. So for me in my life, I would go to church and I just got this feeling. It was a feeling which came from a spirit of religion that I had accepted, that was in churches that I was at. I had got this feeling of what I just described. I got this feeling like, oh, I don't want, I hope the, I remember at college, I lived one foot in the world and I was a lukewarm Christian and I would go to church all the time and I would go and party um, throughout the week, like all throughout the week. I wouldn't get crazy, but I liked to tap my foot in the world, but I would feel shame and I remember thinking, I hope that the Christians from my church community don't see me walking to this party. That feeling I was getting in my, in my head was wrong because that's, that's that feeling of Jesus of God is, is, is seeing me messing up now and I want to hide instead of seeing God loving me just the same and just wanting me to, to come close to him so I can see more of his love. Because remember what I said, when you're seeing God's love accurately, you genuinely desire to run to him. You genuinely, genuinely des desire to not do things of the world. So all, I remember all throughout college, I would said I would want to read the Bible every day, but I just couldn't. It was like, I wasn't, I kept going like this, like hiding. And so it made me not come to Jesus, not, not see him rightly. So how we should, we are representatives of Jesus. And so when we are, when we are releasing the right gospel, the proper gospel, we are showing Jesus to the world. So people have the wrong lens of Jesus, the wrong view of Jesus because of humans, because of vessels of God carrying a different gospel, okay? So how Jesus wants to be represented is Jesus loves you no matter what and no judgment, no condemnation. This needs to be oozing out of us. We need to be vulnerable. We need to not pride ourselves in religious righteousness, religious activities. Remember, that's what religion is. That's what the law was, was when you did all the right things, when you prayed enough, when you fasted enough, when you did these things, when you read the law enough, read the Bible enough, then you're righteous. Then you're a good Christian. That is wrong. That is wrong. And so that, that way of life in the old covenant has seeped into Christianity today. People may brag how much they've prayed, how many hours they've prayed, brag they've fasted, or maybe not even mean to brag, but they're, it's seeped, religion has seeped into them so much that they, they feel that what makes them a good Christian is how many hours they pray, is how many hours they read the Bible, the righteous activities they do. But Jesus looks at the heart. Jesus looks at the heart. Saul in the Bible, King Saul, he disobeyed God. He disobeyed God. He, he was anointed by God. And prophet Samuel said to him, God says this battle that you're going to do right now, that you should kill everyone and every animal. Don't leave anything alive. This is just God's instruction. Didn't tell him the meaning, just, just obey. But in those days, you would leave some livestock, some good livestock, some good animals alive in, when you would go into battle. 
because you would offer them up as sacrifices to God. Well, Saul disobeyed by leaving some alive and not killing everything. And he admits that he was doing it to please people. Well, why would that please people? Because in those days, they were living under the spirit of religion. So sacrificing is this righteous act. So that's more important than uh, obeying God is the spirit of religion. Is like righteous acts is what's best, not the heart as much. As long as you do the righteous acts, that's spirit of religion. That's wrong, that's spirit of religion. So Saul was operating under the spirit of religion there. Now, God takes the anointing off of Saul completely from just doing that, from just disobeying doing that action, from just allowing some animals to stay alive. Now, David, God anointed King David. King David, he slept with his best friend's wife, got her pregnant, then got his best friend killed. So he committed this adultery, he murdered his best friend, loyal best friend. But yet, God didn't remove the anointing from David. When you're looking at this through the religious lens, this doesn't make sense. It looks like Saul's sin was so much less than David's. God says to Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience to God, having a heart of obedience. God, I just wanna do what pleases you. That pure heart is what matters to God, not the religious activities, not the rituals. David humbled himself, repented, felt so remorseful of what he did. And he, he said he was sorry to God and he meant it with his heart. He asked for forgiveness, God forgave him. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. It does not say that about Saul. So you see Saul, it looks like he did good religious things better than David did, but that's not what God looks like. God doesn't care about the religious things you do religious activities you do, rituals you do. He cares about your heart. He cares just about your pure heart of, God, I love you, I want to obey you. You may be having lots of faults in your life, but your heart is, I love you, God, I wanna obey you. And oh, that pleases God so much. So much more than someone who has got everything all together, they're not doing anything sinful, and they're reading the Bible for hours on end, they're praying for hours on end, they're fasting all the time, but, they, but their heart is far from God. They're so focused on doing the religious activities because they want to feel, feel spiritual, look spiritual in front of other people. Look at me. Look at me. I've prayed for hours last night, I fasted this long, look at me. Their heart is not on Jesus. Their heart is on, look how religious I am. Look how spiritual I am. Luke 18, nine, it says, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, 
robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So this story shows what I just explained to you before. This tax collector was, was doing very sinful things, but he had this heart of, oh God, you're amazing, and my goodness, what have I done? It was, I want to, I want to obey you, God. He wasn't doing, he wasn't fast, he hadn't fasted, he hadn't prayed, but yet this Pharisee did, and he wasn't doing the evil, the horrible sins like the tax collector. But God, Jesus says here, the tax collector went home justified before God. Meaning, God says, ah, oh, this, this Pharisee is far from me. He's thinking of, he's, He's prideful in his religious activities and he's truly not having the heart of, God, I love you and I want to obey you. Now, Isaiah 29, 13, it says, The Lord said, These people claim to worship me, but their words are meaningless and their hearts are somewhere else. Their religion is nothing but human rules and traditions, which they have simply memorized. So I will startle them with one expected blow after another. Those who are wise will turn out to be fools and all of their cleverness will be useless. I will confound the wisdom of the wise, the, the worldly wisdom, the religious wisdom. So that, you can see how what I was experiencing earlier in my life, the spirit of religion that Jesus was talking about, here with this Pharisee, that this Pharisee had, oh, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not like that tax collector, but I pray and I fast and I do all these things. Um, that spirit of religion is still alive today. How does it, how is it alive? The enemy blinds certain Christians. It comes through Christians, through blinded Christians who preach this and who give off this. They give off this spirit, um, whether it's in their words of bragging, like the, the Pharisee did. Oh, I've been, I, I, I did all this, I did all this, I did all this, I prayed, I fasted, I, um, trying to look spiritual. Or sometimes it's just simply not having, people not having this revelation of Jesus and having that pure, humble heart. When you have, when you have this right revelation that I'm sharing with you today, it just comes out of you. So when you meet somebody in life, in church, outside of church, and they don't know Jesus, and they're really in the world, when you interact with them, real Jesus comes outside of you, comes out of you. So much love and grace is coming out of you. You have a heart for this person to be free. You know, you, you see in the spiritual realm, oh, this this person, I want them to see Jesus how I see Jesus. I want this person to know his love. And any strongholds in this person's life, I want Jesus, the anointing, 
to break those yokes so that person can be free. Um, you know, you have this understanding that some people are in bondage and as, as hard as they try, they can't get out of the sin. They need the power of God to break it. And when we have this revelation, this is how we see the grace of Jesus so much more. Like, wow, we need, we need Jesus to break yokes off of our lives. We need Jesus to be free. It's not on our own effort that we are stopping these sins, but it's only by Jesus's grace. So you have this, this heart when you see people before before now, God, God is, is, is delivering people from the spirit of religion. It's, it's been big. It's a, it, needs to, it really needs to be broken. As I said, as I was saying before, how many people who are not Christian, they, they see Christianity as religion. They see it as judgment. They see it as, oh, they are, they're not accepting. They're not judging. You have to do things as the Bible says completely, or you're going to hell or you're bad. Um, but that's because the spirit of religion has been presented, not the true gospel of Jesus. When we present the true gospel of Jesus, people won't see it as spirit of religion. They'll see it as so much love. Christianity, so much love, so much grace, so much joy, so much peace, so much acceptance. When you see how Jesus sees, you, you interact with these with people who are really in the world. And instead of having judgment, instead of having like, oh, I can't believe this person is living the way they're living, living the lifestyle they're living. When you start having that feeling, it starts to flow out of you, whether you speak or not. People can sense it through your posts on social media, everything. It comes out. But when you have the true gospel of Jesus in you, the true revelation of Jesus, of God, of Jesus's love, of his grace. Now you see with his eyes. And so you see people of the world and your heart burns for them, for their eyes to open. You see how the enemy has blinded them, has afflicted them, and your heart burns for their eyes to be opened. You remember when your eyes once were not opened and you have compassion and you just have Jesus's passion, heart and passion for their eyes to be open, for them to be set free, for them to really see Jesus's love and grace, his love that he has for them. So you don't see their wrong things they're doing at all. You don't see, oh, they're doing so many things against the Bible. <laughs> You don't think of any of that. Jesus doesn't think of any of that when he sees his people. Remember what I said, you're only able to do as God says, follow him when you have revelation of his love, when you see him rightly, when you see him rightly, that's when you, it's not an effort. It's not even hard. You just want to run to him. He gives you the power and strength to not do the things of the world. So Jesus is not concerned of that. And we do not need to be concerned of that when we see people. Just love people. If you're with someone and they're, they're swearing, for example, you don't need to be like, oh, I don't appreciate hearing that. Like, Just have love on them and just understand that they will truly desire to live how God wants purely when they can know his love. Our job is to show them 
God's love. And that's how Jesus feels too. He knows all the sinful things, the things against the word of God that you're doing or people are doing. He's not concerned of that. He's just like, I just want you to know my love. I just want you to know my love. And so this relationship with God is, 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 is not difficult. The, the yoke is light. Jesus makes the yoke light. When you really see his love, really, like I've had to make so much sacrifice. I've had to die to myself completely. I've had to die to myself completely. But Jesus has made it joyful for me all the way. So joyful for me all the way. When it's presented as self-righteous, like, yeah, I've given up all these, I've had to give, up, give up all these things, and I just, you know, I've locked myself in my room and prayed for hours and hours, like, this is how I got the anointing. Like, <laughs> that's not good because it, it's making it seem like it's impossible. It's making it seem like no one can do it. It makes people feel like, man, I'm far from that, so I don't think I even have a chance. I think I'll just keep one foot in the world so I can at least have some satisfaction in life. That's where I was at. That's where I was at. Like, I didn't think that God would use me, like, really powerfully in life. Like, I knew I had such a heart for Jesus, but honestly, there were, like, most Christians, most Christians in my life, I feel like it was kind of that spirit of Pharisee coming off of like, I just felt like people were reading the Bible so much more than me and praying so much more than me and fasting so much more than me and I felt so inadequate and I felt like there's, I just am not good enough. I just would always get that feeling. And it comes from that spirit of religion coming, coming out. But when people can just be living in Jesus' grace and obeying him, none of that comes out and it makes it seem attainable. And that's what I wanna share with you today. Like I want, when I share about living with Jesus, following him, being used powerfully by God, I want you to know you can do that too. You can be used powerfully, so powerfully by God. Like it's more than possible and it's fun. It's full of joy and full of peace. Yes, you have to surrender. Yes, you have to die to yourself, but when you do it, it be, it's the most joyous and peaceful experience ever. You know, I've had such wilderness times. I've had such persecution, such um, people betraying me once I surrendered than before, like more. But through that, it was the most joyful experience of my life because I was closer to Jesus than ever. I was living in his truth more than ever. I could see in the spiritual realm, oh, this is just how it works. This is spiritual warfare. This means I'm going higher. Um, and I, and I, wanna, I wanna share with you the truth that to walk in anointing, to, to, to carry the power of God, isn't about doing all these religious activities, but it's truly having a pure heart for Jesus and obeying him with every step, with every step. Um, Jesus is so less religious than, than, than people think. <laughs> obviously he's not religion at all but people have this perspective of that he's all about on your knees and praying for hours on end is all you do um, you know that, that that's what it is but you know what happened for me was um, when I when I was first 
walking in God's call for me and God called me to start Fivefold Church. Um, I had finally gotten into a place in my life where I was excited to read the Bible and spend time with Jesus on my own. And, and so I was reading the Bible for three hours a day and just enjoying this time with Him. Um, but to be honest, there was a part of religion on that that I was, uh, that was motivating me to do that because I felt more spiritual doing this thing. I felt like, okay, God's proud of me now because I read my Bible for three hours today. Okay, I've checked off the list. I've done the religious things. So now God is proud of me. Now I'm a good enough Christian. I can feel better. Like I've checked off that list. Like I really felt that. I really had that motivation I realized later. Um, and what made me realize that was that God all of a sudden, when he called me to start Fivefold Church, he, he called me to now do mundane work, like look for church buildings um, and, and start social media accounts. Um, and that, took, that takes a lot of time. And so like in my day, I, I couldn't spend three hours every day anymore if I was gonna do these things. And when I started to obey God and do these mundane tasks, technical tasks, I felt less spiritual. It made me annoyed at first, because I'm like, I'm not reading my Bible three hours a day, so I'm not being as spiritual now, and God's not as proud of me. That was the lie of religion coming to me, because God was actually calling me to look for these buildings, to open social media accounts, etc., to reach his people. He called me to do that. He, he doesn't, he, the most spiritual thing you can be doing is obeying God. So reading the Bible isn't more spiritual than a mundane task if the mundane task is what God is calling you to do at that moment. And I know that the spirit of religion has lied to many of you. Myself, I had never even heard what I'm sharing with you before. And God broke that lie off of me. And I realized, my goodness, I was reading my Bible for three hours like the Pharisee, like, oh, okay, I prayed, I fasted, I'm righteous. No, no, no. It's about obeying God, doing what he wants. We need to pray. We need to read the Bible. We need to fast when he calls us to but only when he calls us to. We need to, we need to put our hands to work. We need to do what he's call, calling us to do in every area of life. We need to clean the house. We need to cook. We need to feed ourselves. We need to work out. We need to care for our children, play with them, spend time with them. Everything matters. We, we need to follow exactly what God's saying every moment. That's what God is looking at. Hallelujah. And I've never felt so free in my life when I was when I was free of that spirit of religion. And it shocked me. It shocked me how non-religious God is when I was really seeing him rightly because it was so different from the gospel I had received my whole life. Like what I was living in in my mind. It was so different. It was so different. When God called me to be an apostle, I was like shocked because I didn't think God could use me in such a big way because I saw everyone else as being 
Like I saw myself as like us more of the tax collector and then everyone else is the Pharisees. Like everyone else is fasting and praying and reading the Bible more than me. So how could God call me to do something big? But God was looking at my heart. And when you can really see God's love for you, then you'll, you, you'll obey him, whatever he's asking you to do. And God wants you to be free so much of this spirit of religion because it keeps you from him. It keeps you away from him. And he just wants you to be free. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3, 6, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, the law, the old covenant, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The letter kills, the letter kills. Jesus talks about so much in the, new, in the new covenant. He talks so much of you are being perfected. You are being perfected. You are transforming into me more and more and more. The bride is being perfected. There's even a scripture where it says, be perfect. It's a command that says, be perfect as your father is perfect. Like, whoa, <laughs> that looks like, you know, that looks like hard to believe when you're looking at it with the lens of the letter of the law because it's impossible to try to do everything perfect you'll never be that's how it was in the old covenant and if you can still live under that now that's what the devil wants but when you you live by the spirit this is jesus in your heart and you are obeying him, walking with him all the time. Holy Spirit lives in you. He's giving you the strength and the ability to be more like him, to act like him, to talk like him, to, to desire to do his will, to obey him every moment. He's giving you that ability by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. So you truly can be perfected. You truly can be perfected. You truly can really walk in his will every day it's possible when you live with this right lens by the spirit for the law kills so the opposite of perfecting getting farther from god but the spirit gives life hallelujah the passion translation says we carry this confidence in our hearts because of our union with christ before god Yet we don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength for our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. He alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the spirit. The letter of the law kills, but the spirit pours out life. So much time that God has called me to put in um, in order to be able to receive anointing. So much of what he's called me to do has been technical mundane work, has been making videos, teaching myself how to edit, editing videos to give to, to people so people can receive him. 
um, the spirit of religion has you focused on yourself. I'm going to pray for 10 hours because that makes me righteous. This makes me spiritual and I can feel good about myself. <laughs> That's how I felt with my reading my Bible every three hours, three hours a day, you know. But Jesus is focused on his people. Yes, praying is important. Yes, reading the Bible is important. But when you, think, when you can think how Jesus thinks, you think, ah, I want to get these videos out for people. I want to spend time. It would take me hours and hours and hours to make these videos. But people need to receive God's word. This is what God wants. He wants his people to be set free. He wants people to be set free. So the re spirit of religion has you thinking on yourself. But this, the spirit, the, 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 the gospel of Jesus has you thinking of others, has you obeying God. God, how do you want to use me? God, how can I please you, Lord? God, how do you want your people to be touched? What, Jesus? Whatever, whatever however mundane, however technical, how, whatever, use me, God. I, I, I become like a child before you and take out a, a religious mind and I become like a child. Whatever you want, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, spirit of religion also has you being like fake before God, like... Uh, like, I'm doing this, I'm praying this just so I can achieve my righteousness. And you start praying whatever and you start not talking to God like he's really there. But that's all just words. It's not from the heart. God cares more if it's a shorter prayer, but genuine words, just your genuine heart. Um, walk with him through your day. Talk to him through your day. I used to think I had this wrong perception, this religious perception that prayer had to be like, um, in prayer was only like by myself, like in my room, like quiet, just there for like a long time. But I didn't think of prayer as like throughout my day. But that's wrong. God wants a relationship, not religion. Take God throughout your day. Set aside time alone that's quiet, yes but you don't have to be religious about it. Yes, setting disciplines are good, but don't be religious about it. Don't feel bad if you missed one of your days out of your routine. Jesus is a real person. Take him with you. Take him on your walks. Take him in the car. Take him throughout the day. Talk to him because this brings you to him. This makes your heart before him rather than far from him just doing your religious thing, just words, not heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I see God freeing many of you. Thank you, Lord, for freeing your people. Thank you, Lord, for freeing your people. I'm telling you, this is a big spirit, a big spirit of religion that Jesus is breaking. He is breaking. He wants you to have freedom. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to see his love rightly. He wants to use you powerfully. And I declare every lie of the enemy that came to you saying that you wouldn't ever be used by God 
much because you're not spiritual enough. I declare that lie to go. I see the devil lying so many times. That has to stop now. I expose that. May that never come to you again. May that never come to you again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I declare you are free. I declare every spirit of religion lie that's come to you through other people, through teachers preaching the wrong gospel, a different gospel. I declare them to go now. I declare the wrong gospels to go. The wrong, the all of every spirit of religion, every word of religion to go in Jesus' name. I declare healing to you from every time a spirit of Pharisee made you feel inadequate, made you feel not worthy, made you feel not good enough. I declare healing over you. I see some of you in like youth group growing up just getting judgment getting judgment and it really making you feel hurt and inadequate and discouraged and that it's stuck with you till now and God is freeing you now I declare those lies have to go now in Jesus name in Jesus name I expose them as lies in Jesus' name, and I declare healing to your heart, healing to your heart, healing to your heart. God says you are worthy, you are adequate, you are good enough, you are a usable vessel of me, and I'm going to use you powerfully, God says, because I look at your heart, not your religious activities. I look at your heart, I look at your heart, I look at your heart, God says, and you have a beautiful heart, Jesus says. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I declare this anointing to touch you now and for all of the wrong doctrines to be exposed now. I just, I see that this word, you know, this word carries anointing power of God. The anointing breaks the yoke. So this word you, you heard today is not, is not like anybody speaking. It's not like a speech, a talk, a feel-good talk. No, it carries the power of God. It carries anointing. So what that means is this word that carries anointing is in you now. It has opened your spiritual eyes. So now, as you go throughout your days, you're gonna start, you're gonna start seeing things differently. Oh, I was believing wrong in this area. Oh, this was spirit of religion in this area that I was doing. I was operating religiously in this area. God is gonna start to reveal to you after tonight, he is going to start revealing to you and you are going to be walking in freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. So I declare this anointing to open your eyes and expose all the wrong doctrines, all the wrong thinking, all the religious thinking in your life. Now, from now, every day now, in Jesus' name. I declare you are free in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
God wants you to come to him naked, spiritually naked. Jesus loves all that he sees. He wants you to always run to him and never, never have shame. He is never looking at you with shame. He is never looking at you with shame. And, oh, I, I, I feel God's heart so much wanting you to be free of this. Myself, I'm free now and I see rightly now. And I look back on my life and I see all of these days in my life that I felt shame. I felt condemnation. Oh, man. I didn't do enough of this. Oh, I, I didn't do enough of this. Oh. God's disappointed in me. I felt that so many times and I was living in bondage. I was living void of freedom, lacking peace, lacking joy. And God wants to free you of this now. No more having shame ever again in Jesus name. In Jesus name, I declare that spirit of shame to go. Spirit of condemnation to go in Jesus name. Anytime you hear that in your head, it's the devil. Don't Agree with it again. Know that it's not truth. Know that it's not God. And don't feel bad. Just run to Jesus and just talk to him like a friend. I love you, God. Help me. I want to follow you, Jesus, and see him rightly looking at you. My child, with arms wide open, I love you. Thank you for running to me. Thank you for not believing the devil's lie anymore and turning away from me in shame. Thank you, my child. I come here. I love you. Let me show you my love. May you see him this way, the right way, the right way from now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I know this sounds crazy because it's so opposite from your mind but I'm telling you every thought of shame does not come from God you shouldn't even have shame over your own thoughts maybe if you think negative thoughts or or jealous thoughts lots of times the devil will plant those lies like be jealous of this person and you think that you're jealous but you're not when you don't act on it you're not The enemy is trying to plant things in your, in your head. Don't allow him. Don't allow him. Never have condemnation. Never have shame. Never have shame about your thoughts. Never have shame about your actions. Just run to Jesus and express to him that you want to follow him and you want to be more like him. I want to pray now for healing in Jesus' name. I want to pray for healing in your mind. Every, every person watching right now, if you have depression, if you have anxiety, if you have panic attacks, if you have suicidal thoughts, lift your hands now. God is going to free you. Just lift your hands up to the Lord as you welcome his touch and his freedom, his miraculous power. Thank you, Jesus. I declare every demonic spirit in the mind, every stronghold in the mind, I declare it to get out now in Jesus' name. Spirit of depression, of anxiety, of suicidal thoughts, of panic attacks, confusion, get out now in Jesus' mighty name. Be free now. Thank you, Lord. 
You are free now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Every person with sickness in their body now, lift your hands up to God. God is going to free you of sickness. He's going to heal every sickness. Sickness, pain in your bodies, lift your hands now up to God. Every spirit of sickness I declare to get out. Get out now in Jesus' name. Cancer, get out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sickness affecting fertility, hormonal problems. I declare it to go now in Jesus' name. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Vision problems. Someone here having a vision problem. I declare healing to your eyes. I declare you to see. See now in Jesus' name. Someone here with a heart condition, a heart problem. I declare that sickness to go. I speak complete healing to you now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You are healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Someone here has a sleeping problem. They've had to take pills for many years, and God is freeing you now completely. Thank you, Jesus. I declare spirit of insomnia to go now in Jesus' name. Be free, be healed now. I declare you to sleep through the night peaceful and well in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Night terrors, demonic attacks at night. God is freeing you now. I declare every demonic attack at night. Every spirit, every sexual spirit that comes at night, every terrifying dream spirit that keeps on coming again and again, I declare that to go now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. 